0: Thanks to ZipRecruiter, which is the presenting sponsor of Recode Decode and The Smartest Way to Hire. The ground is always shifting in the tech world. The constant barrage of new programs, platforms, competitors, and regulations make running a tech company a wild ride. So you need a fast way to find people with the skills to keep up. There's no better way than ZipRecruiter. Their powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes across its network to actively find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. If you're hiring, it's time to get smart. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. Today's show is also brought to you by GoCD, the software build and release tool from ThoughtWorks. GoCD supports modern infrastructure and helps enterprise businesses get software delivered faster, safer, and more reliably. Download and use GoCD for free at GoCD.org. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, the editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as someone who should never, ever, ever, ever be a driver for a ride-hailing company, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today, we're going to play an interview I conducted at the Rise Conference in Hong Kong last month. I talked to Hui Ling Tan, the co-founder of the ride-hailing company Grab. In March, the company sold more than a quarter of itself to Uber in exchange for all of Uber's business in Southeast Asia. And in June, Toyota invested $1 billion in Grab, reportedly valuing it at $10 billion. So now let's take a listen to this interview recorded in front of a live audience in Hong Kong. Hi, everybody. Good to see you. I'm very excited, I always like when I interview entrepreneurs and I especially love to interview entrepreneurial women and incredibly smart ones like yourself. So we there's a that. lot to talk about, let's begin talking about the recent announcements you made and then let's get into some more deeper issues around where transport is going and all the various trends. Perfect, um, so Kara's is actually referring to a big announcement that we're
1: making regionally today where we're announcing a couple of things. One, we're transitioning from our transport to an open platform strategy, Mm -hmm. and we're also launching Grab platform today. So I'll share a bit of context of what that means, because it's a huge move for us, and it's reflective of our growth over the last six years. So, over the last six years, we've become the go to transportation service provider in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, because of the strong user base, the distribution network that we have, we've been able to heavily invest in future services like food, payments, logistics. And today, we're bringing it all together into what we call Grab Platform, Mm -hmm. which does a couple of things. One, we're going to be focusing more on becoming Southeast Asia... Uh, everyday super app. I'll talk super about. app, all right. You need to explain that because it sounds... Uh, I'll describe it all. Uh, so firstly, firstly, what super app means is from one app for one set of services, which mm-hmm. used to be transport, we're now going to become one app with multiple different services, mm-hmm. focused on what we call the everyday most important needs of Southeast Asia. Right. Um, food, payments, Logistics, and today we're also announcing that we're going into grocer, uh, groceries deliveries mm-hmm. with a partnership with Happy Fresh. All right. right, so that goes into the second part of what this new strategy means. The reason why we say it's an open platform strategy is because we're trying to encourage as many partners to come on board together to solve these amazing challenges that Southeast Asia has using the assets that we've already built, using the knowledge and the know-how that we've painfully learned over the past six years. Because Southeast Asia is complex. It's
0: difficult. So when you say it's a super app, I mean, one of the problems with... uh, So you're not a transport company? You would not call yourself a transport company anymore? We used to,
1: going forward, definitely now.
0: All right. Well, there's there's an old... This is an American reference, but there's an old Saturday Night Live skit that was, it's a floor wax and a dessert topping. Like it's a lot of things when it's too many things. Um, Talk about that concept when you, you were known as getting a taxi and then moved on to other areas and we'll talk about that in a minute. But when you're trying to be, what gives you the permission to be everything like in that regard? Because there's a lot of companies trying to do that and it can get really complex. I know Uber in the United States is trying for doing delivery and a bunch of other things, but not quite in this amount. Yes, yeah, so many different things. Firstly, we actually asked our
1: consumers and our users, mm-hmm. what would they see and like to see the future of Grab to be? Um, and they actually told us that they want us to be the one-stop shop mm-hmm. for them to wake up and use us without having to carry their wallets around. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the assets that we've accumulated, we've had more than 100 million downloads mm-hmm. since we started a company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we also have the largest offline distribution network. What do I mean by this, right? We have drivers, we have merchants, we have agents, and we've actually brought on board more than 7.1 million of them in Southeast Asia now. That's actually larger than the population of Singapore. And of course, as a homegrown technology startup, um, we've also got a suite of technology services that we've been opening it up as APIs to our partners Mm -hmm. that enable them to leverage the same asset base that we have as well.
0: Right. And so when you're thinking about everything, does that make you like an Alibaba or how do you look, when you look around, what do you consider? Because like all these apps, uh, whether it's WeChat or the others all throughout Asia, do a lot of other things. Mm So when you do that, is that confusing to users or do you think that's what users want over time because at least in the US we have the Uber app, then we've got the Amazon app, then we've got the Google app and the Facebook app, they're all separate. Firstly,
1: I don't think it's confusing because when you're in Southeast Asia, there are none of these alternatives that we're mm-hmm. talking about. And secondly, I I don't think we're actually like any of the other players because Southeast Asia's needs are very nuanced, Mm -hmm. right? We're leading the wave of technology innovation. So when it comes from starting from an offline perspective first, the O to O transition is super easy for us. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of other things, right? One, we are now in like eight, countries, 225 cities. That means that every single person that opens our new app that we're also revamping and starting to launch at, as of today will look tailored and personalized. And that service is going to be extremely different from, I think, what the alternative Chinese players provide. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, I do ask for this. Um, we used to be known as the Uber of Southeast Asia. Right. I think everybody realized that that wasn't the case. <laughs> I hope we don't uh, try and create similar parallels there because right. it won't be the case as well. Right. So
0: you, you don't want to be known as that. So what would you give your motto as then? Um, Southeast Asia. The grab Asia. of Southeast Asia. We are just grab. Um, right. We've become the noun for a lot of
1: investor pitch decks uh, for other companies in Southeast I Asia. See. So okay. hopefully that, that can be the norm going forward.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your transportation business because it's sort of the date that brung you, essentially. Um, you When you think about where transportation is going, is, does that still put this at the heart of it? Because a lot of companies do get distracted over here. And some things are adjacent, like in the U.S., Uber doing delivery, Uber Eats, makes sense because they've got drivers everywhere. And there's other things they can do with their distribution network that makes sense. Or I just interviewed Dara Khosrowshahi, who's the new CEO, um, and he... Uh, he was talking about all kinds of transportation-type related things where they would make an app that was everything for transportation but wasn't really talking about more. I've never heard them talk about content, I've never heard them talk about payments except for payments for rides. Um, So talk about the transportation business because it's still at the heart of what you're doing. So I'll, I'll just
1: share a bit why why we're evolving in this way. Because I, I think it's again very contextual towards Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. There are no alternative players beyond us who have built the Southeast Asian reach that we now have. Mm-hmm. The operational know-how, the team, the talent, the technology mm-hmm. infrastructure, right. and because it's relatively green field for us, that opportunity exists in ways that uh, no no alternative players have in different right. countries or locations. Right. But in terms of how we think about transportation and how it feeds into our future um, strategy and growth, transportation has a lot more potential Mm -hmm. and a lot more impact to to unlock. Because if you think about our founding story and and what we were trying to achieve, so a bit of context, my co-founder Anthony and I, we, we started the company after discussions on trying to develop safe and accessible transportation solutions for all of Southeast Asia. And Southeast Asia has a mishmash of very developed markets like Singapore to super undeveloped markets, let's say like Cambodia and Myanmar, that we most recently launched. And in order to serve them well, we need to have a multitude of services that can fit different customer segments. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we have taxis. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have private hire vehicles. We've also got two wheelers uh, in Vietnam, Indonesia. Mm-hmm. We've also got three wheelers in like Cambodia, Myanmar, Thailand, and we've also got services like shuttles where we're starting to put more and more people into the same vehicle with routing mechanisms and logic so that we can actually solve congestion. Mm-hmm. Now, these are some of what we have today. Going forward, what we want to do is help fully integrate into public transportation and really um, work hand-in-hand with that so that we can provide multimodal services for our customers. What I mean by this is that if you think of an average Southeast Asian customer, Mm -hmm. a large majority of them don't live in the CBD area. Mm -hmm. They live an hour's travel away, sometimes up to three hours when there's bad traffic jams and rains. For them, what they usually have to do each day is have multiple phases of their trip they either walk or take a bike to a train station or a bus station. And then they fight like this to, for space, mm-hmm. sometimes get pickpocketed, sometimes get harassed uh, on public services that are not sometimes built for scale. Right. They take the bus or train in and then they do another bike or walk or minibus uh, right. transition again. Think about Grab going forward where for them, all they have to do is book with one click an end to end journey that has bike bus or bike shuttle and bike transition fully planned for them where seats are reserved, you don't have to do this, right? The bikes are there, you know exactly who your biker is going to be, what number plate it is, they're waiting for you, so you don't have to do another, you don't have to do three bookings, you just do one, and that end-to-end seamless transition is what we're looking
0: for. So does that replace public transportation? That's a big debate again in the US whether it should be replaced.
1: No, um, I think public transportation definitely has a place to play and we want to support it. What we feel is happening is that public transportation may not be fully utilised just because people can't get full access to it mm-hmm. uh, and it not be used in the most efficient way because there is no way to pre-book it mm-hmm. so that people don't have to figure out you know, what are the most jammed periods and they get crashed like tin cans and tunas.
0: Right, well, it's probably something the government's supposed to do, but doesn't. Um, and that's where technology
1: comes in, right? Because, to be honest, we're the first ever to develop the kind of data at scale that we have. Mm-hmm. So we actually have ongoing partnerships with um, players like the World Bank, Open Traffic, where we're helping to provide, um, of course, sanitized data to them to help them figure out what is the future of public tra- infrastructure in certain cities like Manila and other developing markets like Southeast Asia. What do you,
0: what do you think of some of the more out further out, technology's coming. Um, when you look at, like I know Uber's been talking about these vertical lift and takeoff things, which seem insane. Uh, I'm not sure I would get in one, but they're essentially helicopters of a sort. Um, there's all kinds of different ways. Right now we have suddenly a scooter phase in the United States where everybody's on these hellish scooters, um, and they're everywhere across the cities. Uh, and it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens to them. But how, what do you see as where transport is going, because a lot of people feel no transport, like people staying where they are and not moving necessarily, is also a possibility. You know, a, a pipe dream of mine is teleportation,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. because I hate the concept of getting stuck in traffic, mm-hmm. and I also get motion sick. So right. whatever we could do to not have a moving vehicle in the very, very far future uh, is, is my ideal. But Are you working
0: on teleportation? I wish. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, but for now, Trekkies, why is that? Why are all geeks Trekkies? I, I don't know. I they guess that's know. why we end up in the industry. Okay, all right. so teleportation. Passation, correlation, who knows? Right, right. All right. Um, I, there are many different interesting technologies out there. I won't try and guess which ones are actually going to make it because it's mm-hmm. like the Betamax VHS wars. Right. Nobody really knew, right? right. But a couple that we are definitely working together with partners to further develop. Of course, EVs, yep. um, we actually already have the largest um, fleet of EVs in Singapore. Right. We think super critical in reducing greenhouse gases going forward. All right. So electronic vehicle. Yeah. Secondly, Electric. AVs. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and I think you know a lot about that as well. Mm-hmm. Third, um, same concept, but on two wheels, right? Electronic bikes. Electric bikes. bikes. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's a big thing. in Singapore. scooters I think that serves another segment for the shorter distance rides uh-huh. um, that is completely underserved right now. Uh-huh. Now, there are others like vertical takeoffs, boring company going down under, going up. Um, I think those are more nascent. There will probably a, be a place for them if we can make it safe and efficient. But for now, when I think about solutions that we want, we always think about what's most relevant to Southeast Asia. Right. Right? EV are ready to hear today. AV will likely happen in Singapore, but for other countries, uh, for those of you who've been to Vietnam, I, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon because autonomous when you cross road, vehicles. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, sorry, autonomous ve- vehicles. When you you cross the road, you don't see traffic moving in one direction, or so two directions, or three directions. It's like 360. Yeah. Like the intersections have bikes crossing um, endlessly, and and they don't care about you, by the way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Today's show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, which is the presenting sponsor of Recode Decode and The Smartest Way to Hire. Hiring isn't most people's idea of fun. It can be exhausting and it's not easy. And you know what? It's not supposed to be. If you aren't having tough conversations to make sure you get the right person for the job, you're not doing it right. But how can you stay focused on finding the most qualified candidates with ZipRecruiter? Their powerful matching technology scans millions of resumes across its network to actively find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. And as applications come in, it spotlights the top candidates to save you time and make sure you never miss a great match. It's so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. So if you're hiring, it's time to get smart. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash decode right now where you can try ZipRecruiter for free. The lowest risk price there is. Don't waste another second. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash decode and start putting that technology to work for you. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. I also want to tell you about Vox's new show on Netflix, Explained. Every episode is a 15-minute deep dive into one important topic, and I think you're going to love this week's episode, which is all about weed. Yep. You'll learn how humans learn to engineer cannabis and what it means for the people who use it. Not me. You'll also learn why marijuana confiscated in the U.S. is three times as potent as it was in the mid-'90s and how all of it fits in with the American war on drugs— plus what's nonsense and what's not, and what are some fundamental misconceptions about the words we use to talk about weed. So go check it out on Netflix. Search for Explained or for Vox, or go to netflix.com slash explained. Talk about this Toyota investment that was just made. Obviously, every one of these companies are getting massive investments by car companies. Yep. Um, Why? So... Let
1: me just frame it for those who don't know. Um, we recently got an investment for $1 billion from Toyota, uh, and I think this was just a few weeks ago. Yep. It's a reflection of a couple of things. All right. um, one, there are belief in the future of ride-hailing companies and how it's going to work together with OEMs and shaping the future of transportation. That's one. Secondly, for us, um, if you look at our existing partners, we already have Dara on our board. We already have Uber, Didi on our board, SoftBank on our board. So the last part of the value chain we wanted to get a really strong partner on as well was the OEMs. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, we're gonna be building more and more partnerships um, as we have done before. That end-to-end view of being able to shape the future, not just from a technology and consumer behavior standpoint, but also from the hardware,
0: mm-hmm. I think is going to be super critical in the longer game. Mm-hmm. And do you have to make the cars yourself, or is this sort of a way to, to be part of that? without? Because Uber tried it, and obviously, even though it says it isn't removing itself from them, it's a very difficult challenge for that company.
1: I think I'll, I'll phrase how we think about it. Ever since we started the company, um, and again, going back to the fact that Southeast Asia is mostly untapped opportunity right now. Right. Uh, there is so much to do, and we don't want to do it all alone. So we're constantly looking for the best partners, partnership first approach, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's hardware development, whether it's software development, whether it's groceries, whether it's payments, we're constantly figuring out if there is a better, faster, smarter partner out there we want to work together with them, and then we bring the best of both sides together to make 1 plus 1 equals 2 or 3 or 4 or 10.
0: Right, and th- and this this is the same thing around the Uber relationship. You all were competing head-on, and then suddenly there is no competition. It seems like there w- that the world is being um, carved up by all, all under the SoftBank umbrella for some reason, but it's it, the world's being carved up into Uber, is invested in Didi, is invested in you, is how does that look from your perspective? It makes sense The competition is bruising and ultimately money-sucking, so... I think... Let me step back. Let's forget about right hailing per se, right? And, and
1: you look at any industry um, that has gone through sufficient time, sufficient competition, it will always be going through a couple of cycles. One, there will be a lot of competition, there will be some consolidation, but there will still be competition. And I think we're going through those cycles, but at an an accelerated speed. Mm -hmm. From our perspective, the Uber partnership made a ton of sense to us, because uh, we saw them as really true potential partners. Mm -hmm. For example, some of the things that they've been helping us a lot on. Um, So they had Uber Eats in Southeast Asia, which we didn't have. Um, And since we've helped take over the operations, we've helped them expand it from two countries. Uh, to six countries right now with much more growth um, expansion plans. They've also had some of the best technology know-how, whether it's mapping, whether it's just basic uh, scaling infrastructure. Those are some of the other things that we've continued to learn from them and grow with them. Actually, I think just about two to three weeks ago, my co-founder, Anthony, uh, was in SF, in the Uber office, in the town hall of Dara. Uh, Dara was kind enough to host host them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really good conversations talking about how both teams were mutually learning from each other Mm -hmm. and making this partnership truly collaborative. Mm -hmm. And we don't find these often, right? These opportunities to have this kind of outstanding, um, sorry, outsized impact. And We've managed to do so with Uber, and we're looking forward to the future working relationship. Now,
0: some people think competition's a good thing, that it creates, you know, that we have these overwhelming companies that make all the decisions for us, especially in this area that's super important to have an ability to have competition. When that doesn't happen, it's it's worrisome to some people it's worrisome to some where that you you do improve each other by competing and as we have these mega companies or these people that carve up the world it creates a, a problematic situation you don't see it that way
1: no we i, I agree you'd rather this. not be in a price war with uber i suppose um I, I think there are a couple of things to think about with this one we have been the beneficiaries of competition mm-hmm. um In just six years, I I don't even know how many competitors we faced Mm -hmm. and continue to face. It's still a very competitive market right now. Uh, One of the things my co-founder loves to talk about in our matchroom meetings is, and this happened a long time ago, let's not talk about Uber, right? From day one, our primary competitor has never been other ride-hailing apps. Mm -hmm. It's actually been... What he calls the hand right the hand that weighs down a taxi on the side of the road right and that market is huge it's thriving and that's the market that we're trying to provide an alternative service to because it isn't exactly efficient as is right so from that standpoint whenever we we look at it that way we always anchor back on what do our consumers need the most Mm -hmm. and that has enabled us to continue to innovate beyond that there's still a lot of existing competition. We don't foresee it um, ending ever. And to be honest, we don't want it to because we continue to learn from them, right? Just like how we continue to learn from cells, we continue to learn from alternative players who take alternative strategies, operational tactics. and, And oftentimes, we have much to learn and want to continue doing so.
0: So when you say your competition is the hand, is people that want things, like that's how you look. So how would you describe the company? So you don't, it's funny because a lot of these companies are running away from the idea that they are, that they are what they have been, essentially. Um, and that's, lots of companies do evolve into different things. So how would you describe the company then? And then I want to end in the short time we have talking about what it's like to run a company, especially given how few women there are in such prominent positions.
1: So in terms of the evolution, um, I'll just talk about the experience that you'll be having with Grab once we roll out our revamped uh, user experience that's starting today, right? Before this, you just think about Grab as the, the thing or the service you would go to whenever you need a transportation. Going forward, we want Grab to be the thing that you think of that eases all of your concerns when you leave the house. You don't have to worry about your wallet. You don't have to worry about if you left your, your charger behind. You don't have to worry about whether you need to go out and get lunch. You don't have to worry about who's gonna do your groceries. There'll be you know, deliveries for you every single week, every month, however you schedule them. We just basically want to help our customers have no worries mm-hmm. and get closer to the things that matter most to them, which from a consumer standpoint, mm-hmm. is time, family, mm-hmm. no hassle, convenience, Right, in a, in a safe, trusted way. From a you know, micro-entrepreneur's perspective, just access to more customers, access to more income opportunities, access to just more money that they can take home to spend on their friends and families. Mm-hmm. Right? That's how we'd like to think about it. For the partners with our Grab platform launch, we want them to know that, firstly, I think as Grab, we've learned many, many lessons over the last six years. We've worked super hard to develop the user base that we have, the distribution network that we have, the technology that we have, because there were no alternatives. We didn't do it because we thought we were the only ones who could. We did it because when we looked out there for others who could help us in it, there were no great alternatives, so we had to build it on our own. And what we want to do is help others not have to go through that journey, Mm -hmm. and we want to help together with them uh, have more and faster impact in Southeast Asia because there's so much to do.
0: All right. So essentially, you want to be God. Okay. Good. Um, sounds good. So uh, uh, please. A nice one. That. A nice one. Apparently, um, who gets my peanut butter for me? Um, but fine. Uh, so last question: Running things as a woman executive, any advice you can give, or do you pretend you're not a woman? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I hope that's not the case. But. Um, Actually, Anthony and I talk about this, because we do care a lot about building a diverse team. A uh, little known fact, at Grab, we actually, I think, have 45 nationalities at the company right now. We're a Southeast Asian company. We started and operate in eight countries. We have R&D centers in three others, including the States, India and China, but we don't care about where you're from, because we know Southeast Asia is a mishmash and cauldrons of cultures, of people, of, you know, languages. Right. So anybody that cares enough to understand the customer that lives and breathes there right. um, will be someone who can help us in this journey. So that's where I'm going to bridge into what that means to me as a female leader or entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. I've had the fortune of starting a company with a co-founder where this has never been an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony and I have never had any issues talking about diversity, Mm -hmm. working as whether, you know, we're male or female, whether you're young or old, whether you come from Mars or Pluto, right? We don't really care about ethnicity and, and all of that because ultimately what we look for is a couple of things. If you have a passion to solve for the vision and mission that we have ahead of us, if you have the know-how and capability to do so and you have the cultural fit to do so in a in collaborative work style like how we, we want Grab to be, that's all that matters. And hence, when you look at our teams, that's why it's naturally diverse. We don't pre-filter, we actively make sure that we're
0: looking for the best people for the job. And that's how we end up with with such diversity. Yeah, that happens not the same way in Silicon Valley, oddly enough. You end up with the same people.
1: And that is something that I I hope by example, um, by what we're doing at Grab, we can help change, right? Because we want to show it is, in fact, the best thing to do. Absolutely. Just because the results speak for itself. We're not doing it because it's a fad. No, it's in fact, it's been the thing that we've been doing for the last six years that has gone undiscussed and unnoticed. Mm -hmm. This is just part of our DNA. All right. Terrific.
0: Thank you so much. Kara, thank you so much.